1942 shots turn you to a monster. Yes, dog. My dog Mel, bruh. He's in the Air Force. He just came back from a deployment from uh, Kuwait, I think. Yeah, Kuwait. Came back, pulled up on me with a bottle of 1942. Those of you that don't know, 1942 is a very expensive bottle of tequila. I don't know why we was taking shots in 1942, but we both was on this bitch drunk as hell, bro, and recorded a very great podcast. So, like you heard, the song the song of the week is going to be this Meek Mills. Um, the song I'm going to get into is 1942, so I'm going to stop talking and just go ahead and let Meek Mill finish it off, and then we're going to get right into the episode. They want to see me fall, and I will never sell my soul. I'm on some shit that they ain't seen before. Dream chasing, catching all my goals. I don't need these hoes. I'm getting money, me and all my woes. Play with me, you know it's all I want. The young niggas going all out for. Vloggers in a frenzy, truck to the Bentley. Ain't doing no interviews, I'm busy, nigga, we litty. So when you see me out, don't ask me about no Nikki. Fuck, I look like telling my business on Wendy. Niggas gossip like queens. We been serving fiends. 40 bust your windows out, Jasmine Sullivan. They told them pop mollies. I told them to be kings. Sipping 1942 like it's lean. But you're going to hit the vape and not the stogies. Stogies don't taste like pineapples. <laughs> That's lame as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I know this nigga Mel like this nigga slamming this damn podcasting shit is getting annoying. Nah, that ass though, I'm proud as fuck. Appreciate that, bro. Hell yeah, yeah. Like, the whole time I was out there, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I I, I, I listen. I listen to, like, bits and pieces because I don't, I don't really sit still long enough to, like, really, really sit down. Oh, no. Nah, trust me. Here. I get it because I can't, I can't sit and listen to a full podcast like that right now. At first, I was. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm on, I'm in this little weird period where I just, my attention span is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I get it. I see too, I see too many niggas with, like, with hoot dreams, but they don't want to go to practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing you actually like follow through with this shit and be passionate about it, I was pr I was proud as fuck the whole time I was out there. Every time I would see you post some shit, I appreciate it, dog. I'm trying, dog. I ain't gonna lie, it's kind of discouraging when you wake up every day and you see a whole bunch of people that, that started podcasts, especially when they start podcasts and try to do the same exact thing I'm doing. It get kind of discouraging, but I just be like, gotta keep going because I started this shit now. It's a new mixtape. Yeah, it's a new mixtape. You walk, you walk it's around weird, long enough, bro. and niggas gonna start giving you their cards with it, with the link to their podcast and uh -huh. shit. Like, I ain't got enough time to listen to every. Like, I don't listen to SoundClouds, and now I'm starting to just turn off um, Apple Music. Like, I don't even <laughs> want to see that shit no more, man. So I got a handful that I listen to. It's mostly just sports podcasts, and that's mm -hmm. it. You know, and I check you out. Joe Rogan downloads every single week. And I don't pay that shit no mind. Too many Rogan, podcasts. Rogan be having some good shit though. That's my favorite podcast out, but it's a lot of people that just be having some bad shit. Like I start, I stopped listening to Charlemagne shit. I never listened to Charlemagne shit. They had To on this week. That's one reason why I listen because To some bullshit. No, I love, I love listening to people that's real narcissistic that like don't know it. Or excuse me, they know it, but they try to pretend like they're not. They try to just fake it around and just act like they normal people. And To one of them assholes. So I love hearing that nigga talk. The thing about T.O., that's that why like, he doesn't he doesn't know that like people are laughing at him. Yeah. Like so he says wild shit all the time. Like when I watch him he used to go on first take or he go on like undisputed and shit. He be saying the wildest shit, but he believes it. 
and he don't realize that like he, he think niggas is, is like agreeing with him, and he don't realize people just laughing at him. Bro, bro him and Skip be beefing like Batman and Robin too. That shit is annoying as fuck. <laughs> hey, but you know what though? He got a Stephen A. ass. Yeah, and I appreciated him doing that shit. Dog, he has a couple times. Yeah, it, but Stephen A. needed to hear that shit, man. Stephen A. was yeah. bugging. That nigga is like a like a uh, a sophisticated hater. That's how I would describe him, a sophisticated hater, bro. Like, he got a lot of hate, but it's, like, real sophisticated about his hate. And he going to drop some facts. Yeah. But he also, he's not going to admit the fact that he's very biased on the people that he hates. He one wanted, he wanted of the old black people that doesn't want to sound one-sided. I, sh- yeah, I shouldn't even say old black people. It's not old black people. thing. He doesn't want to sound one-sided so bad that he ends up saying ridiculous shit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's like the shit with the captain, uh, cabinet interview. Like he was bugging, <laughs> he was just bugging, man. There's, there's no other way to describe. What did he say with the Kaepernick interview? I can't remember exactly, but basically he was saying he didn't like that Cap changed the venue at the last minute the way he did. Yeah. And so he was trying to make it seem like he don't want to play in the NFL, but. What really was going on is like Cap, Cap started looking at how the NFL was moving and he felt like they were being shady. So what he did, he was like, I'm going to set this shit up on my own terms. You know, I want to make sure, like they weren't going to let the media in. Mm-hmm. So he goes, you know, let's just say hypothetically, he goes and does this shit with the NFL behind closed doors and nobody could see. And then the scouts get out here and bash him, right? They're like, he can't play anymore. He can't move right. He doesn't have the arm strength anymore. He don't have no no recourse on that if he just goes that route. There's no video. There's no film. None of that shit. So he goes and he does it his own way, right? He goes to the high school in, in Atlanta, somewhere in Atlanta. Gets his own crew to come through. He gets the media in. No scouts show up, but we got the video now. We can see he can still throw it. He can still move and shit. So Stephen A was just kind of taking the taking the stance of like he had this opportunity with the NFL. But the why like why does he feel like he needs to trust the NFL at this point? Mm-hmm. Like you know, they ain't doing nothing good for him yet. They haven't done it, and they're not gonna do anything good for him. So, you know, he he went down with his own with his own game plan. So, what you think about the whole situation about the XFL thing? About them offering him something he wanted the NFL money to play in the XFL. You ever see the see a Bronx Tale? Bronx Tale? Yeah. Mm-mm. I think it was a Bronx Tale where where homie was like, if you do something good, don't do it for free. Yeah. Right. Like it's not that he would be playing for free, but they can't afford him. Like he he's not he's not like second tier talent, and the, the XFL is a second tier league. So, yeah, don't go in there and play for. I think they play for like a hundred thousand a year or something. Probably less. than I that. think the average pay is like fifty five thousand. Yeah, it's something stupid. That's lower than the uh, WNBA. That probably don't cover his mortgage, like yeah. in a year. So like, nah, he he has no business playing for the XFL. He's an NFL. He's NFL level talent. Have you caught an XFL game? I probably won't. Bruh, I've watched I've watched two. You want me to tell you my take on the XFL? What's your take on the XFL? The XFL is a lot of NFL rejects that want to get a check so bad they're willing to give um give each other CTE. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like so. I don't know why I've been watching so much wrestling lately, but I've been watching a lot of wrestling. And in wrestling, 
they kind of call the guys that like suck and they're never going to be like top tier talent. They mm-hmm. call them journeymen, and journeymen basically they they come into WWE, they take all the hits and they do wild shit just to make the superstars look good. Yep, and they they're never going to be a superstar. They just do wild shit just to make them look good, just so they can you know be seen and get a check. That's kind of how the XFL is, bro. Them niggas is out there putting their life on the line and just giving each other CTE. <laughs> Taking hits. Bruh, you can leave with your helmet in the XFL. Somebody somebody once told me like playing in an NFL game is like having a car crash yeah. every week. And then by the by the end of the seventeenth week, you know, I had sixteen car crashes. And you still gotta play another week if you make the playoffs. And then another week after that if you make the the next round. And if you go to the Super Bowl, you you've been in like nineteen car crashes. Yep. And you still gotta get in there, out there and perform. And then you gotta do the same shit next year and the year after that. I'm not doing but, bro, that shit for fifty five thousand dollars a year. With that being said, I I've been asking everybody this lately. Would you let your son play football? If my son was, everybody says that same as I know what you about to say. If your son was good, if no, because good good can mean a lot of things. If mm-hmm. my son had NFL level gift, I would probably let him. If he wanted to, I would I would let I would let him go that route. But if I seen early enough that like bro, the best you got is, is Georgia Southern. <laughs> walk on. <laughs> like I'm probably not letting him do that shit. It's, bro, it's, you went to Georgia Southern. You can't shit on Georgia Southern. I, I mean, how many niggas got drafted out of Georgia Southern? You know, we got the fake AP, and that's it. Um. Yeah, I know. I know McKinnon from the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I know old boy that played for um the Cowboys. Oh, uh, Wilcox. Wilcox. Wilcox okay. went to Georgia Southern. Yeah, so. Um, a nigga that was in one of my class went to Georgia Southern, and I forgot that nigga name. He probably going to see this shit and be like, damn, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not shitting on the program. Oh, no. Nah, it's then, only like five of them niggas, though. I wasn't about to. I wasn't yeah. arguing against you. It's only five of them niggas. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not shitting them niggas. But, like, chances are if you go, if you go to Georgia Southern and you don't graduate, Probably gonna be lifting boxes at UPS or helping niggas move or some shit. Like you're gonna be sad. big as hell for nothing. And them like, niggas don't be knowing what to do with their life too, dog. And they took all them hits. They got all the miles on their body. I mean, every every football player I know that played in college says that that shit molded them into whatever they ended up becoming. You know, for better or for worse. You know, but for my son, it just don't feel like it's worth it. Like I, I I can't see I can't see the value in just like other than just saying you had a good time playing football. And like for me, I didn't even have a good time playing football. I had I had a good time on Thursdays and Fridays. But mm-hmm. like all that other shit, the practice, two a days, three days in the summer and shit, that shit wasn't fun. I hated that shit. I used to hate like coming home from practice tired as hell and my niggas just finished like hooping. And having the time of their lives and hollering at bitches and shit. And all I've been doing is like slinging mud all over the place. Getting so, you don't, <clears throat> um, you don't even think like the exercise is worth it with football? Now, the exercise is worth it, but you can do exercise in any sport, right? Like, you can run track and not get CTE. Yeah. <laughs> <get> <laughs> hey, bro, we so scared of the CTE shit. Did you watch the Aaron Hernandez shit? I watched, I watched one episode on the flight back. And I'm be honest, I don't think CTE is the culprit. What I, you think it was? I think that nigga just a sociopath. I think so too. Yeah. I told you like T.O. got some of that shit too. Like some people is just so 
awkward, bro. And it's like you never know how crazy they really are. Like when you hear uh T.O. talk, bro, and T.O. brags about how like I seen him on um Brilliant Idiots. He was talking about like, you know, I never been in trouble and Donovan McNabb. Look at his record type shit. Like, people that brag about, like, never being in trouble, it's like, hey, bro, you know, a lot of people ain't never been in trouble before. Why are you bragging about this? <laughs> no, but you know what, though? He makes a good point. Because the league took a lot of chances on niggas that, that were mediocre. For, mm-hmm. You know, for the league. And, you know, they got chance after chance, and, and the media never really covered. Like, James Harrison. I Like, James Harrison had a, had a uh, domestic violence on his record like he was doing wild shit he's bugging they don't cover him the way they cover T.O. they made T.O. seem like you know with, with a skip calling team obliterator yeah <laughs> you know what I, mean? like they, I forgot about this yeah, shit yeah they, they crushed T.O. in a way that that's like it, it doesn't even with Antonio Brown right we just recently really really started going hard on like Antonio Brown for the dumb shit he's been doing and then when you like look at it, like he's been bugging for about five or six good years, right? Like Bruh, he did Antonio shit. Brown was on um he was on the Breakfast Club recently and he just looked like he was fucking out of there. Like just strung the fuck out and just out of there looking like Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't I'm, when is somebody gonna ask if he's okay? Right? Like everybody asks him about like about the dumb shit he been doing, like you, you call the cops, pigs, and all this shit. Yeah. Somebody gonna ask him if he's okay. Like, you, you waking up all right? Um, he said he was all right though. Did he? Yeah, that was his thing. His whole thing was like he's good. Bro, he came to the Breakfast Club and gave Charlemagne and Envy uh some chocolate dicks. So then he didn't have to say he wasn't all right. <laughs> <laughs> That red flag, like, <laughs> where did you go to buy the dicks? Why did you think it was a good idea but to you give know, your like, boy some dicks? You know, like, the joke was kind of like, what they said, somebody had said something about him because he had gave everybody some kind of, like, some kind of dick gift, and there was women there, so that's why he came there and only gave it to Charlemagne and Envy, so it was kind of like a joke, and he didn't okay. give it to Angela. It was a joke. Yeah. That's a hell of a joke. I mean, it's I, an unnecessary joke too. That, that, that's that's a long way to go to make a point. It is. It, like Antonio Brown's really recognizable for an NFL star. Like, what you think it was like when he walked into X Mart and was like, "Hey, y'all got dick lollipops?" <laughs> <laughs> well, this nineteen forty two is not no bitch, dog. Nah, I'm loving this shit, bro. You crazy? This shit hit different than all the tequila we normally drink. I don't even really want to drink that shit hard like that. To be honest with you, I just nah. I'm about to. I'm about to sip this. Yeah. For the people listening, we drinking some 1942 dog. My nigga Mel just came back from Kuwait. Mel a real nigga dog. I ain't gonna sit here and lie to you because uh, I don't think I can spend no two hundred dollars on no bottle of tequila. Me and this nigga done drunk the dirtiest of tequilas and done got fucked up, bro. It's crazy. Like I tell people all the time, don't nobody drink like how me and you drink together, dog. <laughs> like me and this nigga Mel go get a bottle of tequila. Pour shots and squeeze lime juice in them and just drink the whole bottle till that bitch gone. I'm talking about nonstop. We might break like 60 seconds between shots and just keep going, bro. Be drunk as fuck. Yep, play Madden. I ain't gonna lie. He be whooping my ass in Madden. He the only (laughs) person that can beat me like that, dog. But when I beat him, Mel, you a sore loser, bro. 
You that's worse right. than me. You worse than me. Because I'm a sore loser too. But I ain't gonna lie. It depends who I lose to. Like if I lose to you, um, I used to lose to Freddie and Fud. When I used to lose to them niggas, I ain't trip. But anybody else beat me, I'm like nigga, hell nah. You a sore loser though. It, it might be like I'm 31 years old now. Yeah. And maybe like 10 years ago, I was competitive about everything. Everything mattered, bro. Like if I seen it, if I walked past a nigga in the gym that had two plates on 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 the bar and he was lifting that shit, I was putting two plates on the bar and lifting that shit. <laughs> right? Like it, it it didn't matter, man. But the older I get, that shit's kind of gone now. Like you know, I let shit go a lot easier. But man, is the one thing where it's like it don't matter who I lose to, how how good or bad the game was, I still get emotional about that shit. And I'm I'm that nigga. Like run it back, game cheating. <laughs> Madam wanted you to win. Bro, talk shit. to me about this vaping shit though, dog. Cause like we were saying earlier, you know, I smoked the stogies. I think I started smoking stogies around the same time I kept going to Tampa a lot. Wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Cause I think I started smoking stogies in Tampa. And you were smoking them with me and then you just up and was like, nah, nigga. Cause we was going to the Cuban spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Cuban the spot Cuban. out there. Yeah. People ask me that all the time, like Nigga, why the fuck you smoke cigars? When the hell you start smoking cigars? When and you got around all them bad bitches dancing to the salsa music. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. That probably is the answer, bro. I always tell people some cool story. Like, um, you probably don't remember this, but we was out one day, and I think it was no, nah, it wasn't the daytime. It was the nighttime. And we had went to one of them cigar shops, and I really wasn't smoking them like that. I was just smoking them here and there. And me and you was talking to like this old head nigga, this old head Cuban, and he was just talking about the cigars and just talking about his life. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to smoke these cigars, dog. This one I'm gonna fuck with. You know what though, man? Tem- like the reason Tampa is my favorite place that I've ever lived, and that like that's everywhere. That's New York. That's North Carolina, Georgia, Texas. Out of all of them shits, mm-hmm. like the vibe is, is dope, and part of living in Tampa, and it's it, I think it's like a historical thing, but part of it is the cigars. So that's yeah. why I started doing it in the first place. It's like you can't really go to Ebor and not smoke a cigar. Ebor you know? is so dope too, dog. Ebor, I went when I went to um, Louisiana. That you know, it's just a lot like Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street is its own thing, mm-hmm. but it's a lot like Bourbon Street. How you can just kind of go from one place to the next. Everybody's bugging, but everybody's having a good time too. Um, you know that's where the parades and stuff go through, and it's, it's historical that way. So everything's old, but everything feels good. You know, it's my favorite place in the world. I'm moving to Tampa, bro. Next year, do it. I am. I'm, I, dog, I know I've been telling you that for a minute, but I'm definitely moving there, bro. I'm buying a spot. Like, it's a good chance I I could I could move any day now. You know what I'm saying? We the way the way like my shot works now, but I'm still gonna buy a spot there, and I'm still going back. Like that's on to me. Yeah. When I move there, I definitely think I'm gonna get me a little condo. I don't want it to be too close to the water, but I want it to be you know close enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna chill, bro. Especially you know I told you today my neighbors called the police talking about I was selling dope and shit. This is the third time in four years, so I'm like, yeah, it's time to go. Everywhere I live, I had that problem. And Tampa, Tampa is a different place, dog. Tampa is a different place with the same problems, though. Yeah, it, it might it might even be worse because 
a lot of old niggas in Tampa. Like every, all the old heads that that don't want to be cold no more, no more in New Jersey, or like Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, like they move, they, they migrate down yeah, south to they, Tampa. They still want the city, so like yeah. yeah, they but they can't afford Miami, so they move to Tampa. So yeah, I the neighbors still gonna think you selling dope, right? They still gonna see the fro and be like, oh no, nah, we gotta get this nigga with HOA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> That's them. what they did last time they told me that. They called an HOA meeting and I had to go in there and they was like showing me pictures and police reports and, and shit. they was taking pictures of you? Bro, they was taking pictures. Yeah, your neighbors are feds. They lame as fuck. And then like the only person that was there was the president of the HOA. But yeah, they just, they lame, bro. That shit lame as fuck. White people, white people don't like to uh to feel like they have to accept black people. Yeah. like for That's all reason. it is. For, for good reasons or bad reasons, they don't want to feel like they have to accept black people. So you just have you just. I just got caught up in it, and then the worst part about it is I live in a neighborhood. Um. So here's the origin of this neighborhood. I think I think this neighborhood was built. I've been here for four years. This neighborhood was built in 2015, and um, it was supposed to be an old folks' home. That's why the master bedroom is downstairs. Yeah. So it was supposed to be a community for old people. So it's a lot of old people that live here, but it's also a lot of people that live here because the people that brought the homes, a lot of people brought the homes for rental properties. So, you know, it's some younger people here. Yeah. But I'm like the only like nigga that live here. Mm-hmm. It's a couple military people here, but ain't no like niggas like me here. Yeah. So. And there's a lot of people with kids too. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, kids and shit. Yeah, and it's I hate to keep blaming white people for everything, but white people with kids are annoying as fuck. Yeah, white people like white people with like the the white picket fit, white picket fence dream. Mm-hmm. They don't want they don't want anything disturbing that dream, right? If you pull up in the Camaro bumping bumping something loud, something with a lot of bass, they can they you selling dope. Yeah, like you might not be selling dope, but you selling dope to them. But you know, I don't even do that no more. I don't have no speakers in my car right now. Don't matter, though. I'm low key. I don't even drive my car that much no more. You got a reputation. You fit the description. Yeah, I got the afro. Mm-hmm. I got the uh, the jewelry. <laughs> you selling dope? <laughs> you got... Worse than that, like one of the worst things you could do, you can be in America is a black man with friends. Oh yeah, like if, if you, you hit on it, bro, you hit on it. If you a black, if you a black man. With other black men that that are associated with you, y'all could be coming over here every day and having millions of meetings about like real estate. All they're gonna see is a bunch of niggas with afros coming in, and then like the occasional beer can box getting yeah. outside at the curb. So, yeah, you know, at this point, it don't matter what you do. You fit one of them descriptions. If you was in New York in, in the early two thousand, you get stopped and frisked every day on your way home. Every day. That shit. That shit really ain't fair to me though. It's not fair to nobody. Yeah. But it's, that's what happens when you're not part of the ruling class. They get to make the rules. We get to follow them. But I feel like where we at right now, and I know a lot of black people are going to disagree with what I'm saying, we're making steps up. Because, like, What's the fact of me being 29 years old and having a house in their neighborhood and they're mad about it, that's that's taking steps towards being better. Because our grandfathers is like the first ones to own land, right? So it's like, think about 100 years from now. 
they'll be like, oh, my daddy Slim used to own such and such. I guess, I guess you could say it's progress in terms of they can't tell us not to live here. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, but that that's a really low standard. That's true. That's true. You know, like, yeah. It, I ain't even going to sit here and, like, try to argue that. That's true. Yeah. It, if if the ba- if the thing that white people think that they gave us as a gift is, like, we'll let you live here, we just ain't going to be happy about it. Like, if that's the standard they set, it's a really low bar. Mm-hmm. You know, and they going to trip over that shit. Because... We'll take advantage of it, and they they just gonna make it to where they can't like it, you know what I mean? But <clears throat> it's stupid. Yeah, I I know that's a that's a, a stupid like a real simple take, but it's just really stupid that like I got a son, I'm gonna move in like I'm buying a house. I told you I'm buying a house. I'm gonna move into the house, and people are just gonna look at me like I'm fucking up the neighborhood when I walk in. Mm. And all I did was work hard. You know, that's all I did. Like, I didn't do nothing funny. I Like, I don't even sell weed. You know, like, I don't do nothing funny, man. I, I just work hard. I come home. I wash my ass just like everybody else. Hit my vape. Drink my 1942. And, and go to bed. Subtle. Subtle brag. Yeah. I, I was trying to be humble. <laughs> nah, subtle brag. Yeah. You know, sip my 1942. That yeah. nigga just shitted on him. I don't even take shots. <laughs> I just hit my shit, man. Go to bed, but hey, for the people listening, this 1942 ain't no hold to. I'm drunk already. I don't never get drunk at the beginning of the podcast. I ain't even got into the whole reason for doing the podcast, and I'm drunk already. Yeah, that bitch ain't no hold, bro. Mm. That bitch is not no hold. I'm gonna keep drinking it though. Hell yeah, me too. This gonna be a boy. This gonna be a good night. Like I said earlier, Mel, Mel, my original drinking partner, man. Hey, Mel, it's, some, it's something I want to say, too, until I got down get into the uh, meat and potatoes of the podcast. Bro, I was thinking this the other day, and I kid you not. I'm not saying it just because you're here. I was thinking this the other day. Hold on. First, let me tell you why I was thinking it. So, it's someone that comes over here all the time, and he ain't never got no money right. Like, he's one of the military niggas that's waiting on his disability check to hit. Okay. He's one of them niggas. Gotcha. All right. So, he never has shit. Well... Like, when we go out, he's always asking for somebody to pay for him. One of them type niggas. And I just was thinking, I was like, it's crazy how, because Blue does this also. It's crazy how niggas come to your crib empty-handed all the time. And when they get here, they go straight to your fridge and want to see what they can grab to drink and what food they can eat. And then I just got to thinking, and I was telling niggas, I was like, bro, I ain't going to lie. My nigga Mel's the realest nigga, bro. Mel has never came to my crib empty-handed. Never. At least a six-pack, nigga. I don't, I don't even know what to say, though. I, like, I'll be embarrassed, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I'd rather not come out the house if I got to beg niggas for shit. Like, yeah. uh, we got, I ain't going to say his name. We got a mutual friend. And he's real good at asking people for shit. Asking yeah. favors and stuff. He's, he's excellent. He's remarkable at that shit, right? Yeah. Above average. And I I never I never understood, though. I don't know how you could be that man. I don't know how you can be a grown man asking other niggas for their shit. It don't feel right to me. I, I can't do it. Like, I'll never come to anybody's house. Like, no matter how comfortable I get, I'll never come to anybody's house and just open their fridge. Even if I'm just putting butter on my toast that I bought with me. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do it. 
So, yeah, nah. It, and then on top of that, man, I I don't want to come over here and just like be sitting around waiting for the next nigga to come and, and have a good time. Like, if I if I'm going somewhere, if I'm coming to kick it with you, it's probably because I ain't seen you in a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring a bottle. And we gonna have a good time, man. I'm gonna try to beat your ass in Madden or whatever. Yeah. So it's crazy. I ain't even got video games no more. Man, I sold. I, I sold one of my PlayStations. I only got one PlayStation now. You too mature, bro. I know, it's not even. I'm not mature, dog. It's just like I just I don't be playing games no more, bro. That sounds like some mature shit, don't it? Nah, like you gonna tell me you don't got time for TV and shit next? Oh hell nah! All I do is watch YouTube all day and create YouTube videos. So and that's part of your job. You just working all day is what you telling me. My nigga working 120 hour a week. I'm still I'm still the same slim, trust me. <laughs> I still be on the same bullshit. I'm pretty sure we we ain't gonna talk about this on the microphone, but I'm pretty sure when you pulled up to my crib today, you seen like, yeah, this is still the same slim. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. We ain't gotta talk about that on the mic though. <laughs> <laughs> still the same nigga, bro. Hey look, this whole deployment was was it, it made me realize how many responsibilities I actually had. Cause when I got there, like without getting too too technical and shit, I got there to do to do a job that somebody else was supposed to do, mm-hmm. and like I'm nothing I'm nothing special in the military. I just you know I've been there for a while, and so I'm supposed to supervise shit. Like I'm I'm supposed to go places and be in, like not in charge, but you know help me in charge. And I got there, and the nigga that that I replaced is younger than me or whatever, and um. So I got to take his job or take his place. I ain't do shit. It's the most immature I've been in my whole life. That's why I can smoke hookah all day, the whole time <laughs> I'm in Kuwait. And so, like, part of that is I just play play video games most of the time, dog. Like, I want to say a good seventy percent of what I did when I wasn't like kicking it with my girl and shit was just play PlayStation. Just find like pick and choose what I wanted to play because I ain't really feel like being in a bad mood most of the time. Beat their ass in 2K. Going about my business. Right? Go smoke more hookah. Bro, let's talk about this military thing a little bit. Um, First off, what made you join the military? You're in the Air Force, right? Yeah, I'm in the Air Force. I've been there since, what, 2011 now? Mm-hmm. I need a job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's funny because me and Fat Cam talk about it all the time. And Fat Cam be telling me, he be like, Slim, I don't give a fuck. What that shit you be talking about? Because you know I be talking about that, like, patriotism shit. Yeah. And he be like, Slim, I don't care. What you talking about? Most of the niggas in the military is in the military because they just needed some bread, bro. Ain't no nigga going in that bitch talking about, so I'm trying to serve my country. Yeah. And I be like, bro, I don't want no nigga fighting for me that ain't trying to protect my country. I be on that type shit. <laughs> Man, look. If you like, it's one like every time we do do some kind of organized function or something like that with one of the higher ups, one of the first questions they always ask, and they ask for the same reason too, it's like, you know, why did you join? Mm-hmm. And once once they kind of break through the 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 ice a little bit, everybody's answer is like one of the same things. It's always for school, a job, like a you know a steady paycheck, or um they just wanted to get away from where they were from. You know, like if they if they were born in the country and they hated that shit, like I just came from Valdosta. I can understand any nigga wanted to get out of Valdosta. It's so trash out there. It's so it's so bad, bro. Yeah. You know, and then I drove I drove to Louisiana. I've seen the worst parts of America. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I 
I've seen the worst parts of America. Yeah, yeah, the whole nation. Some some of that shit is on the way to Louisiana, and um, especially going through Mississippi. And, and side note, I realized something when I was driving. The way like when you drive through black neighborhoods, there's like MLK boulevards and shit like that. White people got that shit with their Confederate heroes. This nigga Jefferson Davidson, Dave, Jefferson Davis, got about two thousand memorial highways between here and the state of Louisiana. <laughs> that shit was amazing. Don't forget about uh, Robert Lee. I ain't seen one. Nah, Robert Lee, he he out here, dog. You know what, man? He's but Kobe. he in the cut though. He's damn. I feel bad saying that shit. He's Kobe, and Jefferson Davis Davis got to be Jordan. Yeah. You know, like he he's good. He's he's a top top ten player of all time. But he's not Jefferson Davis. This nigga got all the highways. But yeah, nah. Getting back to the original topic, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's like no, you you'll get some of them that's like I just wanted to serve my country. Um, but for the most part, everybody's joining for one of like four or five reasons, and it just so happens that you're doing something that that's noble, you know. So it, it there's like no there's nobility in serving the military, serving in the military, but. A lot of people just wanted wanted a job, and that's what or a job with like certain benefits, mm-hmm. and it, it ends up being no different than like trying to go get a job at Apple or some shit like that. Um, it's more about like all that all that pride and stuff kind of comes with time, and it, like you you start meeting people and you start spending time around people, and you realize like the fraternal nature of being in the military, and it feels a little bit different. And then and then you become patriotic about being in the military. I don't even know if patriotic is the word. I think you just kind of take pride in, in like your status as a member of the military. And yeah. and then it goes from there. But, yeah. I just needed a job, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all niggas hiring? Yeah. Straight yeah. up. That Y'all nigga. niggas hiring? Do you remember what it, what it was like when I first went in, when, when the night recruit was off star? I had to fro. I had the gold teeth. I was probably high. I yeah. may or may not have had, have, you know, had a, uh, an adult beverage or two. And I went in there and I was like, "Tell me about this military thing." <laughs> Georgia Southern ain't working out, right? That's just expensive. It's a little bit yeah. more than I thought it was gonna be. And we here, you know, eight, eight, nine years later, and it, it turned out to be the best decision I made, man, because I, I could still be slinging these computers. You know, working at Peach Mag or whatever, you know, whatever computer company I would have ended up at. But you were almost at the halfway point. How you feel about your career so far? I'm almost at the half point. I might as well finish it out, dog. Ain't, ain't no, ain't no sense in tapping out now, man. And what? Less than twelve years. I'll move on to another job, and I have two salaries. Hopefully, you know, if if, ever, if I play my cards right. I had two salaries, so um, for me, and and I like it too, man. It's 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 kind of like um you grow you grow with the with the people that you work with, and then they leave, you meet new people, you grow with them and stuff like that. And even if you hate what your job is, it's like it sucks, but you you kind of grow with the people so much, and you get so so comfortable with like strangers, basically, um, that it just ends up. You either adapt to it or you just start. You just love it, you know. Like some people don't love it, but they adapt to it. And um, I'm I've grown to love it, you know, over time. Like it, it feels it feels like it's a, a weird kind of like pride that I take 
and and put my uniform and go to work every day. And it, it's been hard. Like, there's been times where I'm just like, man, fuck this shit. Like, dude, there was a, a nice little, what, two, two and a half year stretch. But I didn't even wear my uniform to work. I was just over that shit. It's just like, all right, you know, whatever. I'm going to work, right? I'm still going to get paid at the end of the day, and it's all good. But over time, especially like this last deployment I, or this deployment I was just on, it kind of puts different things in perspective for you, and you, you just kind of learn to love it. And that's where I'm at with it right now. So I'm going to do the next 12 or whatever, 11 and a half. That shit probably going to fly, there. too. Nine flew. Yeah. You know, nine years is fast, like. I'm gonna be honest. It flew for me too. I know I'm not in the military, but <laughs> it flew for me because I remember when you went in. Like I vividly remember the time you went in. Yeah, it, like I, I be having flash, not flash, not like PTSD flashbacks, but you know, yeah. like I be, I be thinking about that shit, and it's just like, damn, it, it don't feel that far, that that like long ago where it was just like, let me pull up on Slim with the bottle real quick. Yeah, and, and play 2K or something like that. It feel like just yesterday. That shit was eight and a half, nine years ago, man. I remember when um we smoked the spice like right before you left. That shit out my stomach fucked up, bro. See now I feel like I got to drink this shit for real. That shit stressed me out when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> spice is nasty. People don't really know that, bro. Mm-mm. It like they need to legalize weed and make spice illegal. Yeah, that shit like and then when you when you hit it, it tastes like motor oil or something. Like, the smell of motor oil burning when you spill it on the motor, that's what spice tastes like when you hit it. That shit is gross, bro. And it's not a good high, bro. Yeah. It ain't no good high. It's a weird high. Hell no. It make you feel funny. But yeah, bro, your deployment. How'd you end up being deployed, though? It's complicated. Um, I do that. Really, I got lucky. Yeah. I'm a dental tech, and... We don't really get opportunities in the Air Force to deploy at my base like that. Mm-hmm. Like you might get one or two every like three years that that head out, but you you know in the in a in a building like of 50, 60 people, that's not that's not good odds you're going to deploy. So if somebody was supposed to deploy, they did some dumb shit, fucked up their eligibility, they ran out of people, and I I was just the only person that was willing to go. So I was like, yeah, you know, please take me, right? I get the opportunity and I go. It was one of the best best experiences of my life. You know, I got you get to experience a new culture, like a new Air Force culture, because for the job that I was doing, you get thrown in the bucket with about twenty other jobs, and that's just dope, right? Because you mm-hmm. start to you start to realize like, okay, the main the maintenance people don't get down like the medical people. The security forces people got like a different approach than like the finance people, and that's just kind of you know it's it's just a really eclectic eclectic um, group of of people that you're gonna work with, and y'all still all doing the same job. Y'all just come different backgrounds, but um, so you got that culture, but then you got the Kuwait culture, and you kick it with like them and see how they get down, and then and there there's a whole bunch of subcultures that like you start picking up on like. A lot of people from Egypt. There's a lot of people from the Philippines. There's a lot of people from India, and they're all they're all dope, man. They all got like different things. Like you'll talk to them, and like we had this one dude that would just bring food, right? Like he his that was his thing. Like one of the um one of the people that was working on the base that I was at, but he was like 
an immigrant in Kuwait, but he was from Egypt. Um, he would just bring different food every day. And it, some of that shit was nasty. Some of it was dope. Some of it was really good. <laughs> and it's like his hands, he, he was he was in construction. He just worked with his hands. So he always got like oil and shit under his nails. And he'll just break off the food and give it to you. And as an American, I'm like, yo, like time out. You can't, I'm not eating out your hands. I'm definitely not eating what, when you got like doo-doo crumbs under your nails. <laughs> but then after a while, you start realizing like that's just kind of how they do things, right? Like they eat with their hands. They they don't have like utensils that they're using all the time. And I mean, you do what you want, but if you want to really experience the culture, that's what you got to do. You just got to dive in and just be like, all right, you know, doodle crumbs be damned. I'm going to go ahead and try to try this, this form out, you know, and it's all good. What is it? Um... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of shit, man. It's, it's some kind of like wrap they got with like chicken and all types of other ingredients in it, but it's good as fuck. Um, some of them, yeah, like, so there's a lot of poor people that migrate to Kuwait. Um, it's one of my favorite snacks now. They got like, I don't know if you know what pita bread is. Yeah. Um, They'll take pita bread, slap some cream cheese on that shit, and then put potato chips on it and just eat that shit. It makes you like if you if somebody walks by you and they see you eating that, it looks like you're about to fail a drug test. But it's just a good snack, right? And that's how they that's you know that's one of the things that they eat because they for they really can't afford a lot more than chips and bread, so that's what they eat. And you give it a chance, you end up liking shit like that. So, you know, I know that shit was a real good experience, man. It was an eye opening experience. Mm-hmm. Um. I could talk about it. So, like, my job was to watch the people who migrated to Kuwait as contractors. And so, like, they would come onto the base that I worked at, and they would do either, like, construction, or they would do, like, what's it called? Like, um, they would work on the septic system and shit like that, and, and clean out all the porta potties and, the, you know, shit, tra- shit tanks and stuff like that. Or they would do the garbage and like we just had to watch them. And so um we have it's it's the dining facility. We just get food. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's trash. We eat it, we don't eat it, we throw it out, right? So the people who do the trash, I got a chance to one day to ride around with the um the people who were contracted to do the to do the trash. And we ride and we get to the certain point and they start digging through the garbage. Before they even put that shit in the truck, they digging through the garbage, right? Boom. They find a, a carton with food in it. They open it up, pop it open. It's French toast, bacon, all the, but like half eaten. All this shit got bites out of it. A half eaten avocado. They eating that shit, killing it, laughing, having a good time. I've never seen an American go through trash, eat food, and look like they enjoyed it. These niggas just talking about it. Like, they probably talking about, like, you know, the equivalent of like is LeBron better than Jordan, right? Like they just having <laughs> yeah. the time of their life, uh, killing it, and um, it just put things in perspective. It's like, man, I take I take a lot of shit for granted. Like even over there, we eating shitty food, and just taking it for granted that we getting free food, tossing that shit out because we don't like it, and they come right behind us, like shit, like nigga, if you don't want it, I'll take it, right? And they killing it and they having a good time in the process, and they they just kind of enjoy the little things in life that way. In a way that, like, we're not raised to think to do. Like, we're not programmed to think. So, basically, we spoiled. I don't know if we're... Sp- 
I don't know spoiled is a word. I think I think we we just program different. Yeah. Like we like our, our culture is I mean, I guess you could call it spoiled, but I think it's deeper than that. Like we just we live in a culture of excess. Like mm-hmm. we have whatever we want. If you if you're lower middle class and above, you pretty much have what you want or at least what you need at your disposal. Right? All you gotta do is get a job at like Best Buy, work on the Geek Squad, you could get enough food off your paycheck to throw out the shit that you don't want to eat. Whereas, you know, they don't really have that. And so they get what they can. And then when they get that, they take it and they're happy with it. And then and then they just go from there. So like I don't I don't know if it like I th- I think it's too easy to call Americans spoiled, even though yeah. you know, it that's probably an element of it. We just have. And then, you know, there's people who just don't have. Like they're have not. And they take what they can get, and they're satisfied with taking what they can get, man. And especially when what they're getting is better than what they would have got if they stayed where they were. So, yeah. I know that that's a lot of words. I oh, said, nah, I'm with you. Yeah, but I told you, my mom had went to Kuwait, and I always wondered like how different the culture was. But my mom's one of those per, excuse me, one of those people that only concern herself with herself and what she got going on and she don't really give a fuck about what no one else got going on. Like, that shit just doesn't matter to her. <laughs> so that's why I was saying, she been to Kuwait also, so I was saying, like, I can't wait till Mel get back so I can talk to him and hear what, what his experience was and, and, you know, what he noticed. Because it doesn't seem like my mom noticed much. She take pictures and be like, hey. It depends what your job is over there too, cause like a lot of people ain't ain't over there to meet no new people. Yeah, I just had, like if I was doing dental, I would have just been been following around other military members, pissed off at them all day long, cause they were complaining about that one little tooth that they chipped. Yeah, I just happened to have a job where I got to meet people from like different parts of the world and see how they get down. Um, I got lucky. You know, I, I just got lucky with that job. And it's not it's not a good job, honestly. Like, even for the military, like, that's not a good job to get. But it's a good job to get if you're a young person trying to figure out the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have seen more people. T- like I said, I'm 31. I'm on, like, the older tier of, like, people that were there doing that job. I wish I could have seen a little bit more of like the younger people embracing that shit because I I don't think they realize how rare of an opportunity that is for for like the average man the average American. Um, you don't like you don't get to see people. All right, so it's nasty, right? But like it's something to be appreciated. When you go places in the Middle East, let's say you go that. They got like they got Applebee's in the Middle East. Let's say you go to Applebee's or Cheesecake Factory or something, and then like your stomach start bubbling. You gotta use the bathroom, right? You go to use the bathroom. They don't use toilet paper like that. Like they might have it, but they also might not. Right? They got these little spray hoses that they that you use to like spray your ass. My right. mama did tell me about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a little different, right? Like I'm not doing it, and I didn't do it, but like. It's something that you you don't know happens in the world. Like you don't know that Americans just take toilet paper for granted. That like that Charmin, that Charmin commercial, that shit ain't running in Kuwait. 
But you don't even know that you can. You don't even know you can wipe your ass. Like yeah. you don't even know that's an option. And if you poor, you really don't know that's an option because you don't got eighty eight cents to spend on the roll of toilet paper. So yeah, you just gonna spray your ass like everybody else. You ain't never spray your ass. Nah, I spray my ass one. I still ain't spray my ass, bro. Like I start, so I started peeping game. Like after the first time we went to the hookah bar base, and I realized that like oh. They got that shit that like you spray your dishes with in the sink, but it's for your ass. I started I started traveling with my own wipes. <laughs> the niggas had you fucked up. Man, they food different. They food different. Like they, they, I don't know what it is about their milk, but that shit that shit ain't like our milk, bro. That's what had me fucked up today. I had some cereal today, and I ain't had cereal in a minute. My stomach was fucked up all day, bro. I spent the last six months trying to figure out if I was lactose intolerant. But every time I had something with some kind of cream in it, something was fucked up. And I was in there going, like, doing work. Cooking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do their food different out there, man. So. Overall ranked experience, though. I ain't gonna lie, this 1942 got me fucked up, too. But overall ranked experience. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the experience... You said nine out of ten. Uh, one out of ten. One out. Damn, nine out of ten. Stupid. Yeah, you drunk too. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, one out of ten. The experience was a ten. The um, the overall experience was a ten. Day to day, that shit was a three. <coughs> like living day to day, you know, with with the shit that we had available. More than one time, I was midway through a shower. Right, soaping my ass, soaping my hair, right? That shit running down my face because I'm, I'm washing my hair and shit, and then the water just stops, right? Like, it, And you can't do nothing about it but go get a bottle of water and just dump that shit on your head and try to get the soap out. So, yeah, day to day, the experience was a one. Overall, six months, 182 days, the experience was a 10 because you can't replace that. You can't re- replace an experience with anything. You know, you'll, ne- you'll never... You'll never get that again. Even if you go back to the same spot, you'll never get that same experience. So, yeah, I, I'll say over the course of six months, retrospectively, 10 out of 10. Mel, you got a real good way of, like, just looking at life, though. You one of them type people. I think, I don't, but there's nothing special about it. Nah, I appreciate I, I appreciate it. There's nothing special about it, man. Um, I, told, I told Fat Cam this recently. I told him that, like, the way he kind of views life is kind of how you view it, but on a different level. Like, I remember you having a conversation with me one time, and you basically was telling me, like, and this is a topic I want to hit on. Um, I don't know if you can tell I'm segueing this topic, but I I wanted to hit on this real quick. Nah, and I've been, I've been saving it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been saving this shit for you, though. Um, you told me one time, you kind of was like, Slim, at the end of the day, dog. I don't have to be no millionaire or nothing. You was like, as long as I got my bills paid and I can enjoy my drink and I can just chill and my son taken care of, nigga, I'm good. I just want to be comfortable. Yeah, you told me that. And I was yeah. telling Cam, I like, he don't know, but he's the same way, except for someone would hear you say that and they'll, they'll have it kind of confused because they'll think like, oh, you saying that, that means you don't want nothing out of life. And it's not that you don't want nothing out of life. It's just that, you want what you want, and you want to be at that level. And when you get to that level, you're just happy. 
versus somebody like me, you know, I'm just fucked up mentally. Like, I want all kind of dumb shit. No, all right. So there's nothing wrong with being ambitious, right? Yeah. Like, ambition is kind of what, what gets us the modern niceties that we enjoy every day. Somebody wants to make the world a little bit better, or somebody just wants to make their own world a little bit better. You know, one way or the other, we moving right as a as a as the as a human race, we're we're making progress. For me personally, I'm not that guy. Yeah, you know, I, like <laughs> I, that's so real for you to say that though, bro. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm not that guy, man. I'm I'm I don't want to make another light bulb. There's, there's some. <laughs> I heard somebody say this one time. There's somebody sitting in the lab right now who went to college, maybe Georgia Southern. Maybe Duke. We don't know, right? It doesn't matter because they're sitting in the lab right now and they've been sitting in that same lab for 96 hours a week for the last month trying to make a tampon that's going to absorb just a little bit more blood. Yeah. Right? And that's fucking nasty, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, it's nasty, but they get paid $100,000 a month to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that makes them happy. Fine. I don't want to do that, right? I want to enjoy the things outside of what I went to school to do or did not go to school to do. And, like, I want to watch my son learn how to read. Like, my son just read me a book. That shit was amazing. I I never experienced that before. I want that again. I want more of that. I want to try 1942 for the first time and take three shots and be fucked up. Yeah, this was amazing. I ain't going to lie. I don't even think I took two shots yet, and I'm drunk as a motherfucker. Yeah, and it, I ain't had nothing but one glass of whiskey before this. I ain't had shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I want that. I don't. I don't. I don't want to sit in the lab and figure out how to how to make the tampon better. I want to. I want to kick it with my niggas and and just figure out how to make the days that I'm gonna be here on this earth mean something to me. Right? Like I don't know what what's on the other side. I was just in New Orleans, and they superstitious. They think you you turn into a ghost when you die. Like, there's ghosts everywhere in New Orleans if you let them yeah, tell you. Yeah, you know my people from Louisiana, so that I don't heard it all. They superstitious. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. But, I, like, I don't know. They could be right. They could be wrong. I, I could just turn into dust, like, like how the books say, and then, like, none of that shit mean nothing. And if I spent 50 years, 80 years, 120 years on this earth, and all I did was... Try to figure out a way to put money in the bank that I can't use when I'm not here no more. Then I wasted my time, as far as I'm concerned. Like I, I, I'd rather take that money, put it in the cup, and then do a podcast. And that's it's, it's just that simple to me. Like I ain't got to overcomplicate it by trying to like invest in mutual funds and shit like that. Like I'll do it. You know, if it if it makes it easier for me to do the things I like to do. But well, if man, not, I don't want to. You do don't it. understand, like. How, how amazing that sounds though, cause like okay, so so me for instance, I literally just did an interview two nights ago. I did an interview with a guy. It was really good too, and I basically did the interview because I was like, I want to show people I can do interviews, cause a lot of people don't think I can do interviews. I'm like, let me show these people I can do interviews. But I was telling him I don't believe in happiness, and he was like, Whoa, why don't you believe in happiness? And I was telling him I was like. Because I'm just not the type of person that's going to be happy. I like I listen to things like Joe Rogan and um, what's what's Brendan the fighter? What's his name? Brendan his podcast called like the fighter and something. I need to tell you. I forgot. But anyway, they basically was talking about on one podcast how like 
you know, um, I'm one of them type of people to buy a brand new house. And this was a true story. Brendan, Brendan told this story. He's a UFC fighter. He used to be a UFC fighter. Now he's a comedian. He told the story. He was like, I brought a brand new house. Me and my wife moved in. The first day we moved in, um, I basically was sitting in the living room. We all was chilling, enjoying the new house. It's the first day. And he was online looking at new houses, looking at other houses. His wife came, seen him looking at other houses, and was like, why are you looking at new houses? And we just moved in our new house. And he was like, I just want to see what else is out there. Because he was like, one of them type of people that just always want the one next up. And I'm like that too. And it kind of gets frustrating because it's like your gears never stop turning. Like I look at Elon Musk talk and I'm like, oh, that's like my brain on crack. Because like I'm not the smartest motherfucker in the world. I'm not even that smart to be honest. But like my mind don't ever stop. Like when I'm asleep, I have dreams about the shit that I want to do. Elon Musk never stop. I'm positive when he goes to sleep, he don't even sleep. His brain is still moving. He wakes up, ideas just popping out. And my shit is like the fucking G League of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I'm just not that smart. <laughs> All right. Like, so perspective is everything, right? Yeah. I I just did a tarot card reading. Tarot. Ooh, tarot the card. devil shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked about that on the interview, too. Yeah. I just we repeating shit. shit. <laughs> and... So one of the uh one of the cars I got I, I can't go into detail because I was drunk right like I had yeah. I had too many of them hand grenades and my shit was fucked up. Oh, you was in New Orleans with the bullshit. Yeah, I was I was on all the bullshit, bro. all of the bullshit. But um one of the cars I got, homie was talking about uh like leadership and stuff like that, and I was telling him that. When I get, like, say I get a new troop, right, talking about being in the military, when I get a new troop, it's all about their perspective, right? One of the most invaluable assets that you have as a human being is your perspective and how you look at the world. So I'm hearing you say what you say, what you just said, you know, about, like, you go to sleep and you dream about the things that, you know, you want to do. What you're saying is, like, you go to sleep and you dream about the things that make you happy. And you're just not saying the word happy. You're just saying the words, what you want to do. And then you're doing them, right? Because we on this podcast right now because you're doing the shit that you want to do. So at the end of the day, like, I've, I personally have never seen you do some shit that didn't make you happy. Like, I've, ne- I've never seen that shit with my eyes. I've never seen you do some shit and be like, man, I hate doing this shit. So you're doing the shit that you want to do. You're just looking at it a little bit different. Like, it frustrates you when you can't do the thing that you know, bring you joy in life. That's but then real. you turn around and you do the things that bring you joy in life. So you're not, you're not, like you had that franchise, right? You wasn't doing that shit because you didn't want to do it. Like you was doing it because it was a goal. You yeah. accomplished it, right? Like however it ended, however, like you decided you didn't want to be a part of that no more is whatever. But in the meantime, you did it. You lived that experience out. And then you got what you got from it. And, like, there's a clip that goes around on the internet all the time with Bob Marley where somebody asked asked him if he's rich. And he was like, what do you mean? You know, are you talking about money? He's like, I I got enough money, but, like, I I also got a family. I got people that love me. I got things that I do that I like to do. Bro, on that note of you saying that, can we switch gears to, like, the reason I was switch, uh, excuse me, I was segueing into this? I wanted to ask you, 
and and this is a topic that the topic I was saying I was saving for you. I want to know, do you think being broke is a mindset? Reason why I'm asking you is because I literally got this topic from you, and you probably don't even remember our conversation from it. But you know, I I got a crazy ass memory, but I remember us being around each other and talking about the broke niggas around us. Uh, we actually were talking about web. <laughs> Excuse me, I was talking about web. I'm not gonna throw you under the bus. I was talking about web, and you was telling me how like, bro, that broke shit is a mindset, and then like. After that, I got to just tell the whole story. After that, a couple years ago, I was in a Popeye's, and it was Easter. And I remember it was this old nigga. And um, the old nigga basically was talking to this little young kid. And, and he was like, hey, man, what you got on the meal or whatever? They all ordered the food. He was like, what you got on the meal? And young kid was like, man, I ain't got nothing, nigga. I'm broke. And he grabbed the little kid. I thought he was, about to, I thought he was snatching him up because he said nigga. He grabbed the little kid and was like, don't you ever say you broke. You ain't broke because what you got up here? And he's pointing to his head. And I looked at Joe. I said, bro, this nigga got that shit. Boy, if you ain't got no money in the bank and you ain't got no cash in your pocket, bitch, you broke. <laughs> and goddamn, the nigga was like, you going to always be rich because what you got in your mind. And, you know, I remember telling that to Joe. Like, man, this nigga got that shit. And that same day, it was Easter. And I was telling Joe there was no God. And Joe started wilding. Like, it was, a, it was awkward in Popeye's. But, um... Uh, Anyway, so now fast forward to now, I believe that nigga now. I'm on his side. Like, I think being broke is a mindset. And I remember you saying that before, and I disagreed also. But now I'm to the point where I'm like, Mel got a point, dog. And that guy had a point. Being broke is a mindset, bro. It's a mindset. So, perspective, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's the same shit we talking about. What's broke? Like yeah. what? What does broke mean to you? Because it, it broke mean it, it's not no um. There's no set parameters for what it means to be broke. Mm-hmm. You know, it if Bill Gates has to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and he loses all his savings from here on out, Bill Gates thinks he's broke, right? It, but like. If I make a hundred thousand dollars a year from here on out, I'm good, nigga. I'm George Jefferson. Like I made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Like what's broke, and and then you got to define that. And there, there's no definition because it's fluid. It's different for every person that experiences it. So it really just it. It goes back to what I was saying. Like my son read to me. He read me a story, right? Like I I spent the last five years reading to him. He read me a story. That shit made me happier than anything that's happened over the last 10 years of my life. You know, nothing will ever replace that shit. I can pay my bills. I can afford things that I want to buy. You know, I, I, I'm learning things every single day. Like, to me, I'm about as rich as I need to be. I Like, I, sure, there's, there's more coming my way because I'm going to work for it. But, like, I, I don't need a whole lot more than that. If, if the nigga working at Popeye's, you know, like making them biscuits, the dry ass biscuits, every single day. Go home and he feel the same thing that I feel, and he not broke. He good. You know, he he's living a, he's living a full life, and that's that's all. All that rich shit, it goes out the window when you when you hit like eighty and you can't drive no more. You know that's cool. Like you can swipe your card anywhere, but how you gonna get to Saks Fifth? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, it's, it's just all about perspective, man. You can be broke, and like, you can, you can have plenty, and feel like you don't got enough, and be unhappy with your life. And to me, that's broke. You broke as fuck. Like, if you, if, if you like having your son try to tickle you. And getting a kick out of that shit don't make you happy, then you broke, man. You're not you're not a good like you're not good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Nothing'll ever satisfy you if that don't. Or, you know, if you if you a billion like there's plenty of billionaires out there, man. When you when you listen to the um like the NFL owners talk and shit like that, you start to realize a lot of the times like they're not happy, man. They're not satisfied. You know, they're they're eighty, seventy, eighty years old. And they've been doing something their whole life that they were good at, and nothing about it ever satisfied them. Who wants that shit, man? I don't. I don't want to be eighty looking back in my life like Jerry Jones because, like, like Jerry Jones is miserable, bro. He looks back and he sees them titles that the Cowboys won in the nineties, and he don't feel any sense of responsibility for those, and it drives him crazy. And it, like, he don't even accomplished. Pe- yeah, he feel he feels like he didn't accomplish the shit he set out to. He bought a team and put it together and bought a, a winning head coach and bought winning pieces and put them together and got exactly what he set out to set, to accomplish and he's not satisfied with that shit. And he's going to die probably because like, Dak ain't going to do it. Like I, I like that. He ain't not going to win Oh yeah, it. that shit's over with. Yeah, so, you know, he, it don't matter how many facelifts he get, he, he's old. He's he's gonna like. It's funny how no matter what we'll talk about on this podcast, it's gonna always come back to sports because me and you both fuck with sports. All my analogies (laughs) are sports, bro. It don't matter what I'm doing, I bring it back. But yeah, like he that nigga's a fossil, dog. He he's older than the shit that he he's mining in the oil fields that's getting him rich. He's older than that. He'll never be satisfied, man. And, And like he's a billionaire. That's a broke mentality to me. You can't you can't really you can't really leave this earth that way and and it's not worth it to leave this earth that way. So Mel, you don't understand like how someone with me would be around someone like you and hear you speak things like that and just be intrigued and think that shit is deep. Cause you know I know, bruh, I know you've been around me a lot and you see I don't give a fuck about most shit people say. <laughs> but when I'm with you, I just be like, nah, that was it right there. Nah, it, it's I don't I don't think I don't think it's deep at all, man. I I think it's just it's just me, you know. Everybody the same word, right? Perspective. Everybody got a different outlook. That's me. Jerry Jones might think he got the best life in the world. I don't. Like that nigga gets to drink Johnny Walker Blue every single day. Yeah. <laughs> if he want to wake up in the morning and have the maid have the the cup ready for him before the orchestra starts playing his alarm music. And and then like he wakes up, rolls over, drinks his Johnny Walker Blue, gets started with his day. He might be happy as hell. I think he's miserable. Like I look at that shit and I think it's miserable, right? Like because the shit that was supposed to bring him fulfillment in life didn't. Bro, he's just like, yo, you, I got everything I ever wanted. Bro, you have like a different perspective of life and like it's it's kind of influencing. So like I tell people this too, and I'm not just saying this because you hear. I tell people this all the time. There's only like a couple people 
and I mean less than a handful in my life that kind of like inspired me in my life. You're one of them. And like I like I remember the times like I think I was a lot younger and we might have been like at my mama house drinking drinking some liquor and smoking some weed or something and you just was having conversations with me and I was just on some bullshit and I just was talking to you and you wasn't talking about nothing that I was doing. You just strictly was on some shit like, bro, you know, shit like that just kind of head ass, just kind of stupid. You was like, like, you know, life is like this and like these bitches this. And, you know, like you used to do shit that was different from me. Like you used to take girls on dates and I thought taking <laughs> girls on dates was lame. And I just used to look at you and be like, that shit really ain't that lame. He living his life. He's different from me. And I tell people all the time, like the biggest thing that you did that really changed my life. And I kid you not. I'm I'm dead ass serious. Changed my life. I used to watch you when you worked at Peach Mac. I used to watch you interact with people, and I used to be like, I wake up every day, sell drugs, and people fucking hate me. They're scared of me. They don't like being around me. Only a couple people are around me just because they like what I have going on and they like what I do. But I'm like, I see you and how you interact with people, and people love you. You're articulate. You know how to talk. You're just nice to be around by all different type people. That fucking changed me. Just that alone. Like, after I seen you like that, I was like, nigga, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be somebody that knows how to talk to anybody, that's articulate, that's educated, you know, those type of things. Because I wasn't that shit. (laughs) I was just some head-ass nigga (laughs) with a box Chevy, just stupid, nigga. You know what I'm saying? And Steve Kelly. Steve Kelly is another person. Cause I remember Steve Kelly had picked me up in his uh Monte Carlo one day and we were just riding around chilling and he had those same traits that you had, but he had a box Chevy and I was like, nigga, I'm gonna give me a box Chevy one day and I'm gonna be cool like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just simple shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, that that shit that shit that's deep to me, man. Like Nah, I not think, as deep as I, the type shit you be saying. I appreciate hearing that more than I appreciate like Yeah. I don't even know I don't even know what to say that shit to be real with you, man. At the end of the day, like I said, I, I just We were talking about this shit earlier. I don't wanna go to nobody's house and open their fridge and like be like, you know, damn, where the catch up at? Yeah. Right. Like I, <laughs> I don't want to do that shit. I'd rather go kick it with some people that I care about and just have a good time, right? And part of having a good time to me is just like if something comes out of it, cool. If something don't, like if we just got drunk and and played two K, like I'm good with that. But if something actually came out of it, man, that at the end of the at the end of the road for me, that's gonna make me happy. Whether I got. Twenty thousand dollars in the bank, two thousand dollars in the bank, two million dollars in the bank. Like, you know, that shit ain't gonna buy my way out of hell. Yeah. You know, so whatever, man. So I, if if that shit made an impact, then I'm I'm good with it. You know, I'm I'm bet. I feel like a better person for that than I do for anything else that I I've ever tried to like do for money or anything like that, man. So. Yeah, you definitely made an impact on my life, dog. A lot of people like wouldn't even know that story that I just told you because um I remember and he wasn't talking about you when I tell the story, 
But I remember when I was young, you know, me and Joe hung out every day, like freaking frack. And Joe used to always be like, bro, why are you always hanging out with these lame ass niggas? <laughs> and I used to just be like, bro, if you think they lame, nigga, we lame. I'm like, nigga, we go to the same school as these niggas. We live in the same neighborhoods as these niggas. Just because goddamn, we fucking more bitches and we goddamn doing more drugs than them. That don't mean we cool, nigga. Bitches think we lamer. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. As we sit here and drink a bottle in 1942, right? We more than halfway Shit through on this me. bitch now. <laughs> All I can do is be pissed off because you talking about Joe and I had a flashback to when that nigga went in the freezer and took my bottle of Grey Goose. No, he did for real. And drank that shit. We was in your mama crib. We were playing 2K. Was I there? You was there. Okay. And I was I was kicking it with this one female that, you know, had had an older brother that probably don't like me very much right now. And That's my nigga. Yeah, he cool. He I called me every day too. I guess well, I don't really know him like that, but he seemed cool. Yeah, we ain't gonna say his name. Nah, Keep going. <laughs> Yeah, I left. I left with her for for some reason. Came back, my bottle was gone, and I was pissed. And Joe was culprit, and he wasn't there. I didn't even get to talk to him about the shit, right? Seems kind of small in retrospect, cause you know I'm drinking a little bit better than Grey Goose now. But shit on him. It, now, like, just as, as soon as you said that shit, and I just went back to that time. I'm still, I'm still kind of tight about it, man. Like, I want my Grey Goose. I don't even want to drink it. I just want it because it was mine, and he drank it. I'll say this on mic, <laughs> on the mic. Um, you don't want that great goose, man. Just uh, just let Joe have that great goose as a parting gift. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm I'm. I say that facetiously. Like Joe, Joe is cool, man. He yeah. You know, we, it was just a different time, man. Niggas was out there hurting for them bottles. I wonder if Joe listened to my podcast. I always wonder that. Man, I hope he do, yeah. I, I doubt mean, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do some shit, man. He should listen to you. Joe yeah. hates me so much, dog. You wanna tell a story about why he hates you? Or is that that more of an off mic? Oh, that's definitely off mic. Because <laughs> <laughs> he should hate you. Nah, he shouldn't hate me. He should he should hate you. Mm-mm. He should hate you. But but I mean, he shouldn't hate you because you was there for him a lot. But yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't hate me, dog. Um, dogs. Sometimes, and this leads to a, another good topic. Sometimes, when you have friends, dog, it's like y'all kind of outgrow each other, mm-hmm. but you just can never get away from like the old times. You know what I'm saying? Hey, for the people listening, this nigga just poured a glass of his nineteen forty two, and it was like a little drip just hanging on, and he donged that bitch against the glass so it could drop into the glass. This was some real rich nigga shit. <laughs> Me and Jerry Jones ain't that different, bro. You think, you think Y'all he wasting that not drop? Not that of, different, bro. You think he wasting that drop of Johnny Walker Blue, man? Nah, bro. That shit two hundred dollars nah, bottle. Nah, I ain't gonna lie. This nineteen forty two got me fucked. Up too, bro. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of scared to be honest with you, bro. Cause I feel like pretty soon I'm gonna start rambling. Oh yeah, we about to end this podcast in a second, cause uh, literally like a second. Um, but to conclude the whole um, what was the topic I was saying? The are you um, 
oh, being broke is a mindset. I ain't going to lie, dog. This is the main reason, and we rambled for a long time before I even said this take. Bro, the main reason why I even really wanted to talk about that topic is because I've been around a lot of broke niggas, and I noticed that these niggas is just broke altogether. They pockets broke. They mind is broke. Everything is just broke, bro. And I was like, the nigga in Popeye's that day had a point. You had a point when you talked to me about that shit. This is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. And I really just, you know, been ignoring it. Now I see it. Like, it's some niggas. I was just telling Damo this today because Damo was asking me was one of our homeboys' phones on. I like, bro, Damo, you don't know this, but it's some niggas that can't afford to pay a $100 phone bill. That's a broke-ass nigga, though. Man. A 30-year-old can't pay a phone bill? Tell me that's not a broke nigga. I mean, he don't got money. Right? But But think about somebody that, like, shit is fucked up right now. They ain't got their own shit. You at least got $100 to pay your phone bill. Like I said earlier, I watched some niggas eat some food out of the trash can and live their life and be happy as fuck. And like that goes not, to that American mindset, huh? Maybe I I don't know if it's an American mindset, but like not those not those two people specifically. But you talk to some of them dudes, and they're like, "What's an iPhone?" Right? Like they they shit don't even flip. Right? They got the Nokia's. They could they can play Snake whenever they want to, but they can't they can't browse the web. Yeah. So and they and they still happy. So. Yeah, maybe maybe they can't pay that hundred dollar bill, and maybe they they don't need to. Maybe they got the shit in a world that they need right now that's gonna satisfy them. I'm, all right, a couple. It, it might have been like a year and a half ago. My mom sent me a request on um on the phone for like the location shit because iPhone got this weird ass thing where you can like tell people that you care about where you located. And I was like, no, you don't need to know where I'm at, like, at 2.30 in the morning on a Saturday. I could I could be doing some wild shit, right? I don't want you to know that. I don't need you to know that. We could do it how they did back in the 70s, right? You can call, ask around, and see if anybody saw me. If they didn't, and I I disappeared into the night, so be it. Um, and that's okay, man. Like, it's okay to do things, like, on the lower level. But like, bro, I don't, I don't think you get like what I mean about some niggas is having like broke mindsets. Like some niggas literally just wake up every day and just don't want to be shit. And I'm talking about like, so whenever I speak about you and what you say about like, bro, I just want my bills paid and I just want shit to be good. And I ain't got to be a millionaire. People, some people would view that as like someone that like don't want shit, but they don't understand. It's not that you don't want shit. It's just that you're happy with getting what you do want. And you don't care about the over-the-top shit. Which is fine because I ain't gonna lie. Me personally, I don't need to. Because every time I set a goal and I get it, it doesn't feel as good. So I get that shit. I'm talking about it's niggas that just literally like would be happy with a cell phone, somewhere to live, and a car to drive. Like I seen an interview with 50 Cent and 50 Cent was like, Nigga Floyd don't fuck with me because he used to people needing him, depending on him. And a nigga like me, I don't need that shit. Like, he was like, me personally, I wouldn't want to be around nobody that just 
ain't got shit or don't want shit. He was like, nigga, at least the nigga that want a car is going to make sure he he do some shit every day so one day he can get that car. And then on the other hand, I mean, you, you as an ambitious person, right? Like, you got dreams and aspirations. You kind of need those people to exist, right? Like, yeah, correct. You you can't you can't have you can't have exceptionalism without mediocrity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like it's 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 a yin and yang kind of relationship. It's unfortunate that people have to have that mindset, or that like successful people need that mindset to exist. But at the end of the day, there's one percent of America. That's rich, like rich, rich, yeah, wealthy, beyond, that's true. beyond belief, beyond like regular comprehension. And they need there to be a lower middle class and below for them to be what they are. And so the same thing exists for, for people with like aspirations. If you want to be someone one day, unfortunately, you kind of like you don't necessarily do it willfully, but you rely on those people to be mediocre. They gotta exist, right? So, I think I think the world is kind of like, you know, I'm I, like not to get weird and spiritual about it, but like in the universe, that should exist. There has to be balance both ways. If you want to be successful, you have to rely on that person that exists that just wants to kind of live life and be mediocre in order to achieve. Like Gunny want, say, man. this gonna be the third or fourth podcast in a row. Like Gunny say. Somebody got to flip the burger, baby. Exactly. <laughs> right. You remember Gunny, bro? I remember that. That's my fucking nigga, though. I smell that nigga breath right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got to flip the burger, baby. Yeah. That's it, bro. That's it. That like, was the realest shit I ever heard. Yeah, I ain't some, lying. Somebody got to be mediocre, man. We can't all be great. And he, see, he fucked me up with it because I was on some shit like, oh, you teaching me some shit. I'm about to put my friends on this. And he was on some shit like, Slim, your friends ain't you and you don't even fucking know it. And you know, I'm on some shit like, nigga, I ain't special, nigga. You know, I'm trying to be humble. I'm like, nigga, I ain't special. He was like, nigga, your friends is not you. You can lead the horse to water, right? Like, you, you can bring the information to, to oh, the nah, niggas nah, nah. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. My bad. I ain't mean to cut you off. You can lead a hole to the water, but you can't make the bitch drink. Man, <laughs> Cat that, Williams that, said that. There you go. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there, man. Like you could you could give them all they need to be what they got. You could you could bring somebody the information they need to be successful. If they want it, they'll take it. But if they don't want it, they're gonna go right back and smoke that blunt and like watch the Cat Williams special. Oh, like they gonna watch Cat Williams get rich. That joke and is funny as chill, fuck man. too. Yeah, you can lead a hoe to the water, but you can't make that bitch drink. Nah, man. And then five minutes later, you squeeze the nigga's ball with some vice grips. It's crunching <laughs> through your balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, man. Let's get off this podcast. I got a piss, and I'm drunk as a motherfucker. I, I thought you were gonna say that shit. Oh, no, nah, I got the piss. I ain't going to sit here and lie. You got more than one bathroom, so you good. Yeah. Which is another episode of Sit Down with Slim. I had my dog Mel come in. Um, We didn't even do an intro, but I'll make sure I do an intro at the beginning. And uh, you guys want to say before we get up out of here, Mel? No. <laughs> we out. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, most people plug, they got their social media accounts and shit. My nigga Bell like, bro, I don't give a fuck about social media. Yeah, man. Hey, this shit was fun, bro. We got we got to do this shit again the next time I come through. But nah, I ain't got nothing to plug, dog. I'm a simple, I'm a simple nigga, dog. Everybody want to be somebody, but my nigga Bell said, fuck that shit. Nah, man, I got my 1942. I, I hit my vape every oh, now Oh, yeah, you should have known them. This going to be good. the most... Ex- Dog, this is going to be the most expensive liquor that's been on the podcast ever. It's probably going to be for a long time because Slim broke his hell. I ain't going to say a lot to you. Like, I, part of me wants to be like, yo, let's let's take a shot before we end this podcast. I'm kind of, like, afraid to take another shot to be rude. Me you too. Know? I got to piss. I'm kind of fucked up. Another episode, sit down, Slim. We out. <laughs>